Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. The Volume. What is going on, my people? John Middlecoff, Go Low Pod. Masters Week is upon us. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, you only have one more sleep. Till everyone tees off at Augusta National, it doesn't get any better than this. I will give some takes off the top. I talked to Sobel from the grounds at Augusta. He's not quite in Butler Cabin, but as he mentions on the pod, they have podcast rooms now. So Augusta, got to give him some credit. I think historically a lot of people talk shit, a bunch of old stiffs, Augusta's living in the past. Like They're pretty progressive. They are, you know, credentialing some of the, you know, us podcasters, Barstool, no laying up. They got podcast rooms. Don't sleep on Augusta National getting with the times, baby. Uh, This is a big week. Obviously, a lot of gambling and uh, just a lot of golf watching. There's just no way around it. I I don't plan. Don't text me. Don't hit me up. Don't expect anything out of me from Thursday through Sunday. Maybe squeeze in a podcast. I also might dabble with going live maybe uh on my youtube channel just john middlecoff just during the tournament sitting there watching a little bit uh so check that out uh that could be a project for thursday friday and maybe we'll see you know if it's raining as well as the go low pod at go low pod is uh is the instagram easiest way to get in the uh in this mailbag and we will do one today just fire in my dms at go low pod uh, I post content up there, sometimes with me playing golf, sometimes there's other golf stuff. I just I, I use it as a little playground. So at Pod, fire in there, and let's enjoy the week, man. Play some bets, take one of the big boys, take a flyer on, you know, maybe a live guy, and just enjoy the Masters, man. It doesn't, it flies by. You know, in the NFL, you got all season long, right? Even in March Madness, you got several weeks. Augusta, you got Thursday through Sunday, baby. So let's buckle up. Let's enjoy Eldrick. Let's enjoy Rory, the live guys, and just watch some golf. And if you want to go to a golf tournament, do you have a PGA event coming to you this summer? Do you have uh, a PGA event which within driving distance? Well, I got you. Download the Game Time app, which is now the official ticketing app of this show, Go Low and the Three and Out podcast. No big deal. Promo code John, J-O-H-N. And get $20 off. So if you, hey, you live in Southern California, you want to go to LACC, watch the U.S. Open. I got you. You want to go to a, an NBA game. You want to go to an NHL game. You want to go to a baseball game. Catch a little hardball. Promo code John, $20 off all year long. The official ticketing app because of you guys using the code. I greatly appreciate you. Could not do it without you. Let's go. Promo code John. Okay, I I don't even, there's so much we could dive into. uh, And I wanted to start with this. We'll we'll leave this short and sweet. We talked about it earlier this week. I love Tiger Woods. Uh, What Tiger used to be, and I still value his competitive spirit, 
But when you watched him talk on Tuesday morning, like he's 47 years old. And given his health situation and this course, like he ain't playing it for 20 more years. To me, if I was putting the over under on Tiger Woods competing at Augusta, I would probably put it under 10. And, you know, we'll see how his foot holds up. Like there's a chance he's only got five or six left. So my overall take, I'm really going to try to soak up Tiger playing in this tournament for whatever it is. So 2027, 2028, 2030, hell, it could only be a couple more years. Uh, We know the guy does not want to be some ceremonial golfer. He's never going to show up, you know, at 60 years old when he can barely walk and shoot 90, 88. That ain't happening. So this is a guy that... 2019 is one of the coolest sporting events of my life. I would put 2008 at Torrey Pines when he beat Rocco. Actually played with a guy the other day at TPC, and he's like, we were teeing off at Camelback, and they held us back like 10 minutes because they wanted to let the front group go. And I was like, well, who was it? He's like, Lee Jansen and Rocco Mediate. Like, that's kind of cool. But 2008 was pretty special when the knee was shot, ripped, he needed microfracture surgery. Uh, 2019 was really cool. Uh, and that visual of him hugging Charlie at the end, beating the group of guys that he did, right? Kepka, Finau, Molinari, who had taken him out, you know, the year before at the Open. So, you know, this is, we're coming down the home stretch here. And golf is, you know, a little unique of, like, Tom Brady's such an outlier playing that long. For the most part, you kind of know Drew Brees, Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger. Like, yeah, there ain't much left. We know Rodgers. Like, he he got a year or two. And he actually could keep playing, but he's just kind of over it. In other sports, like, it's it's just obvious with age. Golf is not, right? Phil won a major at, what, 50 years old at Kiowa a couple years ago? Like, it's probably not happening for Tiger. And I'm not trying to under estimate him or diminish like if he gets in a groove I I do think he could be competitive here maybe like a top 30 but we got to enjoy it because he's one of the great needle movers in the history of entertainment I'm talking entertainment music movies TV sports he's an all-time needle mover and we're just coming down the home stretch so this is this is his playground won it five times one of the greatest champions I'd argue the greatest champion this course has ever seen. And uh, let's just let's give him a little golf clap when he finishes, hopefully Sunday, you know, somewhat in the mix. Number two, what made Tiger a fucking legend, just like what made Jack, Arnold, Lee Trevino, Nick Faldo, Rory Spieth, it's about majors. And you get to a point once you've won enough and made enough money, it's all about majors and listen scotty's still relatively young in his career right i mean he had his first win in 2022 now sometimes when you look at guys careers they peak for a couple years three or four years and that's when they win their majority of their tournaments who knows you know you never know with health these guys swing so hard now but i i think the big three this year is really about the big two anything less than a major championship at the end of the season for Rory and Rom, to me, will feel like a disappointment. I mean, Rory was so damn close last year. And as someone who had him at, you know, uh, at St. Andrews, devastating L. 
Hat tip to Cameron Smith. Crazy thing is Rory didn't even finish second, but that hurt. And Rory's even talked about it. Like he cried, you know, on the golf cart ride with his wife back to the house. Well, Tiger mentioned it today. Like Rory's going to win this tournament. And the career grand slam obviously is a big deal. He won four majors so fast. To me, when you think about Rory McIlroy and just overall his career and his impact over the last 20 years of golf, I know he hasn't been playing for 20 years, but you know, the post internet time on the PGA tour. To me, he feels more like a seven, eight major guy than a four major guy. Now, to get to eight, you got to win your fifth. And listen, I've gambled on him. I have $300 on him. I, I got him about eight and a half to one, about a, a little three or four weeks ago. Maybe it was during the match play, so maybe two and a half weeks ago. So I'm all in. You know, I, I, I'm Team Rory here. Uh, I'm also very tempted to put, because I got zeros in my, in my gambling account right now, to do the same with John Rahm. Because I, I I think anything less than one of those two guys being in the last couple groups on Sunday, assuming that you know weather prohibiting, would be a major disappointment for us as golf fans, for the tournament, and specifically for those two individuals. I think they're showing up at the next four majors to win it. They're clearly going to be right there with Scotty, the favorites. Uh, but unlike Scotty, like you know, those guys got to do it. You know, John has only won one major, and it came several years ago at the U.S. Open. Uh, he's been really close here. And obviously, Rory last year finished second. Weird second kind of came on at the end and the chip-in on 18. But I, for me, to make this tournament just the shit... Now, again, I'm biased. I got money on it. But I think we can all agree to have those two guys involved. Honestly, I would love both of those two guys to be involved. But I think there's tangible pressure on them, man. And John Rahm's not quite on Rory's level, obviously, in terms of career resume. But he's kind of getting to the point where he's going to be judged on majors, the players, and like winning the FedEx Cup. And I know I don't actually care about the FedEx Cup, but I just mean like, did he win the $20 million at the end of the year? Like, was he the best player start to finish? Because last year it was, you know, Scotty versus Rory, basically. And uh, that to me is a major headline, those two guys. Because I, I like it when the cream rises. Right, I like watching Patrick Mahomes eviscerate and Joe Burrow kick the shit out of everybody. I like last year when Steph Curry's back was against the wall, when he went full legend and said, bye-bye, Boston Celtics, I'm winning the title. And that's what he did, game four. Unstoppable. And th that's what these two players feel like. You know, generational talents, all-time great players. Uh, obviously, Rory's accomplished more, but like to me, if, if Rory's going to be a seven-eight major guy, like Rom has no excuse to be a not a five-six guy. Like he, he's that level player. So I'm looking forward to watching both those two guys, and obviously gambling on both of them. And, and last, like listen, e eventually, part of getting into this tournament, some obviously for live guys, some of them are past champions, but Sergio's. You know, the Phils, the Bubba's, like, they're never winning this thing again. And Brooks Kepka hasn't won it, so he doesn't have a lifetime exemption. DJ does. Cam Smith doesn't either, but because he won last year, he's got five more years. Like, I, I want to see the live guys, a couple of them, like, and, and we've been saying this about their tour. Part of validating all that money that Norman got the, the PIF and SBF to give them all is he needs the stars to ball. And part of the way to gain some credibility as a tour, because let's face it, no one's giving them any credit last week except themselves. And when I say themselves, Greg Norman.
Like, can and DJ doesn't really care. He's already accomplished a ton. He's got, whatever, 25 wins. He's got a couple majors. But, like, they need him. And I'm actually pretty confident this week. I expect DJ to play pretty well. But I do think there are other big names, assuming, like, I don't expect Bryson to play well here. He never has. So I'm not even counting him, and he's been shitty the last couple of years. But I do think Brooks, who showed signs of life winning a tournament, again, hard to quantify, but we know this guy's a four-time major champ and easily could have won several other majors. Remember, when Phil won at Kiowa, Brooks played with him. That was like two years ago. So this is a guy that you never discount when, when the bright lights are on. And this week, the bright lights are on. And I, I think Liv could really use DJ, but specifically Brooks or Cam Smith, to just be around the top of the leaderboard come the weekend. Because I, I think there's some, you know, Cam is a low-key Australian guy, and Brooks is more of the cocky kind of champion American guy. But I think those guys just elicit more emotion than DJ. Like, I root for DJ. I like DJ. Even uh, Rory, like, everyone likes DJ. He's just likable. Like, he's, he's easy going. You know, he's just, his game is just consistent. Like, there's nothing. He's just slow, steady, wins the race. Going to win a tournament every year. You know, him and Paulina, their kids, Gretzky, having some shots of tequila, hanging out on the lake. I, I do think the other guys are just a little more polarizing because Cam Smith became such a star so fast. And Brooks always had kind of this FU edge. I don't even like golf. I wish I was a baseball player, even though I'm one of the most accomplished golfers of the last, like, 10 years. So I, I do hope for entertainment value. I throw Patrick Reed in here, too. I just don't know if Patrick Reed is good anymore. That some of those polarizing, younger, like under 40 live guys are just in the mix with Rory, Raw, maybe a Xander, Finau. And I think this Masters could be like non-Tiger in 19, just one of the more interesting television products that we got uh, in a long time. And it'll, it won't be duplicated at the other majors. The other majors is a lot different. Uh, the Masters does not care. They will show these guys. Uh, but I, I, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that at minimum we get one of the polarizing live guys in the mix. And I, I, I do expect, if you want to gamble, like I, I don't think DJ is the worst play. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco-alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. 
So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Live with my man, Jason Sobel, from a place that's called Augusta National. I, I think Tiger and Jim Nance, I, I can see in the back, we're walking to the range, Sobel. Uh, you can hear him on Sirius XM all week. You can find him on the Twitter.com writing about gambling, and we're going to dive deep into that from the Live Guys and the PGA Tour guys. But first, Sobel, does it get any better in this week? This is the best week of the year. If you don't think it's the best week of the year, turn the podcast off right now because you're not going to like what we have to say over the next little while because we're going to wax poetic about what this place is like, what this place means. And by the way, John, you're going to get me in trouble. I'm not doing the podcast from out on the range or out on the golf course for the Augusta National folks who I'm sure are listening right now. I'm I'm in podcast room number two. I signed for it. And by the way, people talk about Augusta National maybe not being so progressive and maybe, you know, being old and stodgy. They have podcast rooms here. There's no one else, nowhere else on in golf where you can go to a tournament and go to one of the podcast rooms. I'm in a podcast room specifically for this. How good is that? Do not sleep on Fred Ridley getting with the times here, Sobel. I mean, that is freaking awesome. It's great. I got a nice little backdrop of, you know, Tiger Woods photos. and Before we dive into some picks and some gambling, I, I want to hit on two things. Mm-hmm. First, you just sat. Uh, Tiger just talked. He, his his allotment is longer than every other player, rightfully so. You know, we don't get to hear from him that much anymore. Anything do you jump out uh, about what Tiger just said? I think the overarching theme of everything that Tiger said in the press conference today was just gratefulness, thankfulness for being able to continue to compete at this golf tournament and at this golf course every single year. And he has said it a hundred times over the last couple of years, but he didn't think he was ever going to get here before, uh, uh, you know, just a couple of years ago, where from the place where he was a near fatal car accident, thought he might lose his leg, thought he may never play golf again to he made the cut last year. I mean, I know it wasn't great on the weekend, but he made the cut. And so you listen to Tiger now, and it's a very, very different Tiger Woods from the one we might have heard 10, 15, 20 years ago which was just sort of staring you down and, you know, hey, let's get on with this stuff because I want to go play golf and I want to beat everyone's butts out there. Now it's, hey, I'm I'm very thankful. You know, I, I go back and Charlie and I have these little putting games and, you know, this is what me and my dad used to do. And, you know, it's, it's very, very, uh, I think, eye-opening sort of what, what the game has done for Tiger and how Tiger sees the game maybe differently than he saw it, you know, like I said, 10, 15 years ago. So um, I, I thought that was the major theme of everything he was saying. It almost sounded, John, like a press conference from somebody who had just done the ceremonial first tee shot here at Augusta on, on Thursday morning, who then comes into the interview room and says, you know, it's nice to wax poetic about the golf tournament. It's nice to come back every year. I mean, I, I don't think that Tiger is not going to compete. You know, I, I think it's going to be could be a good week. Like he said, he's healthier and able to prep a little bit more than he could last year. And last year he made the cut. But 
just to hear him waxing poetic about what this means, I think that's, um, like I said, a, a much different Tiger than we've ever known in the past. Well, I think last year, clearly, when he announced whatever, Wednesday or Thursday, the week before, he was by far the biggest story, you know, that week. It feels like this week, not that he's under the radar, I mean, he's Tiger Woods, but the, the live interaction, those guys, obviously, you know, we're recording this on Tuesday, so those guys are going to the dinner tonight. Uh, being there on the grounds, what's the vibe like, talking to players, agents, whatever, of, of those guys intermixing? I, I saw Rory's comments. You know, I, I think there are some of those Florida younger guys that no one cares about. It feels like it's the animosity maybe for the older crew. Uh, what What's your thoughts on just so far 48 hours being there with, with kind of the intermixing of the two groups? I thought it was going to be stranger than it is. I thought it was going to be really different. I thought it was going to be weird to have, you know, guys wearing live outfits and uh, a range goats hat at Augusta National. But quite frankly... This venue is the great equalizer. This is the best place to have everybody come together and just go out there and, and go play golf. And so there won't be any sort of confrontations. There won't be any bad blood. I mean, you know, like very much like Rory said, I said, I, I see Brooks and DJ all the time. He was playing to play with Brooks today. I think they're out on the golf course right now as we're speaking, but he's like, I haven't spoken with Phil. So it's just, I, like any business, if you work for a bigger company, you're like, yeah, well, there's people that I speak with on a free, pretty regular basis, people that I don't really talk to. And so uh, I think it's the same with them. It's not nearly as, I think, strange or weird as I thought it was going to be. I think Cam Smith was very reserved in his press conference yesterday. Um, didn't necessarily seem remorseful about moving to live, but admitted that there were tournaments that, he really misses playing on the PGA Tour. Admitted that, you know, it's a little strange for him to be here and among those players. He admitted that he brought uh, a wardrobe for every day that has live logos on it, and said, "I also brought another wardrobe for every day in case the powers that be at Augusta National don't want me to wear this." Said, "I'm not going to wear it if they don't want me to." And so, I think there is a deferential treatment of Augusta National here for all those players that, even though it's Hey, you know what? We're we joined this renegade tour. We're trying to do something different. We're disrupting the world of professional golf. They also understand that they're not above Augusta National. You know, the, the, they can come here. They're still invited guests of this tournament and this club. Well, you, you wrote about. We'll start with the live crew because Brooks just won at a course that you told me it's just local community in Orlando. So it's not exactly uh, Oakmont. But, uh, you, you know, DJ's had a ton of success here. And starting with Cam, I think his comments yesterday were basically like, my game, I mean, admit it, he's not as good as he was. And he was really the only guy besides Scotty Scheffler last year that could have won this tournament. So that trio of, you know, Brooks, while he hasn't played as well over the last several years, he's definitely the most accomplished of the group. And DJ's the most consistent. And Cam, it felt like, was on this rocket ship. Of those three guys, I, I know you you wrote about their betting odds and how they've been playing. Any interest at, from a gambling side of any exposure on any of those three? If you were going to, who would be the safest and riskiest bet? Uh, the safest and the riskiest might be the same player, and I think it's Brooks Kepka. And what I mean by that is he's got the highest floor, highest ceiling, and maybe the lowest floor. And, and I think that maybe has the highest ceiling and lowest floor combination out of anybody in the entire field this weekend. 
again, for those who aren't necessarily into betting, for those who are just kind of jumping in for the Masters, what we mean by that is that, uh, look, do I think that Brooks Koepka's win at Orange County Nationals uh, Crooked Cat Golf Course last week at Daily Fee Muni in Orlando uh, has anything to do with him going out and playing well this week? No, I really don't. That said, I don't know. Brooks plays really well at the majors and tends to flip a switch right beforehand and play his best golf of them. I, I didn't see it coming beforehand, but if I'm only allowed to take one guy for an outright play, I take Brooks. But if it's, hey, you know what? Who who might play the worst of those three? I think Cam Smith and DJ are probably going to be a little more consistent, a little more middle of the pack. And I could see Brooks absolutely going out and shooting a pair of 76s too and missing the cut. So I think there's a greater disparity in the potential results for him, a greater variance for him. The one guy I do like, if we're still on the live topic here, think about the one player who embodies everything that live is about, embodies the disruption, embodies playing the role of the villain, wear the black hat, have all the fans, maybe not outwardly and directly rooting against you this week, but maybe sort of, you know, just some whispers through the tall pines here. Kind of, I don't really want that guy. Patrick Reed thrives on this type of situation. He's probably my favorite live player on the board right now. And I don't know that he's going to go win this week, but look, there's 18 live players who are competing in this tournament. More than 20% of the entire field is comprised of live players. Don't be surprised when a few of them are on the leaderboard this weekend. I really think Patrick Reed could be one of them. I saw a headline yesterday on Monday. He played a practice round, decked out in four aces, solo, you know, just by himself. So, I mean, yeah, he's just, uh, he's a renegade's renegade. Talk about guys that are not renegades. Uh, Rory, obviously the the leader in the clubhouse in terms of popularity, and now without Tiger, you know, on tour is probably the biggest star. The best player, Scotty, and the guy who felt like he was dominating and then had a little stomach virus, so he feels a little out of sight, out of mind, but he's still arguably the best player in the world, John Rahm. Who do you like out of that three this week? Uh, yes. The answer is yes, I like all of them. But uh, <laughs> No, I, I like one a little bit better than the others, and it is John Rahm. First of all, you mentioned the stomach virus at the Players' Championship. I, I'm going to admit that I thought it was a little strange. He was there on site. He had already played one round. I'm like, John Robb's not the kind of type whose belly hurts. It's a little tummy ache and withdraws from a golf tournament. I have it on good authority, though, that he did indeed. Like, he was very, very sick, and he could not have played that day. So that, which makes me feel much better. It's not, hey, there's something going on at home. It's not, you know, some sort of like defiance against the PGA Tour. It's just, I was really sick. I couldn't play. And that was a month ago. So certainly he's much healthier now, and that's not bothering him anymore. That said, you look at what John Rahm has done over the last few months besides that. Uh, he's won three times already this year on the PGA Tour. In fact, won five times in his last 12 starts around the world. Number one on the PGA Tour in strokes gained total this year, John, which, uh, look, we can look at wins, we can look at you know scoring average. Essentially, strokes gained total shows who's playing the best. He's number one there. Number three in strokes gained tee to green. Fourth in approach shots. 17th around the greens. 12th in putting. I, I don't know, John. Uh, maybe you can find something else like, you know, bunker shots on Thursday afternoons on odd number holes. But there isn't anything that John Rahm isn't doing, not just well, 
but like exceedingly well, like better than almost everybody else who plays golf for a living. That is, I, I shouldn't have to tell anybody, a tremendous asset. I mean, we talk about this being a second shot golf course. Not only is, you know, you need to hit your irons well, though. You've got to hit it well off the tee. You've still got to chip and putt well. He's doing everything that he needs to do. I, It's a John Rahm week for me. He's my favorite player on the board. Yeah, I mean, 2018 fourth, 2019 ninth, 2027, 2021 fifth. Last year, he was really shitty, 27. Yeah. I mean, so he, uh, yeah, I mean, it, Rory, it, it feels, I, I think Tiger mentioned this morning, like he's going to win one. I, I think we all agree it feels inevitable, and it feels like he got his swag back last week, the the, the putter change. He's who I'm betting pretty heavily on, Uh, I you know, for you out there, I mean, it, it, the expectation, honestly, two of the three of these guys not being in the last couple final groups come Sunday would be shocking, right? Yeah, I don't know that it goes so far. Shocking, shocking. would be strong, yeah. but I'm just I'm just saying, like, these guys, two of the three of them expect to be in the mix. You would think so. Uh, you know, certainly, um, you you would assume so, although defending champions have not played very well here over the years. I will say about Scotty Scheffler, I know we'll get to Rory in a second, but Scotty Scheffler trying to become the fourth player to successfully defend here at Augusta. He's successfully, uh, he's, his title defenses so far this year, Phoenix, he won. The API finished fourth, match play finished fourth. So he's shown that he's a course horse, comes back to the same place every year and plays well. But that's a, a difficult proposition for him, even though he is on an absolute heater right now. For Rory, I, I, look, I can sit here and say it's all more mental than it is physical or technical, but it is, and he knows this, and he's tried everything. Rory's come into this event and tried to focus as much as he could and 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 understand the importance of what it would mean to him. He's tried to come to this event and trick his mind into thinking, ah, it's no big deal. It's just a golf tournament. doesn't matter. He's tried to come in and play golf the week beforehand. He's tried to not play for two weeks beforehand. He has tried everything he possibly can the strategy this year is, hey, I really like Augusta National. It's a fun golf course to play. I'm going to play as much as I can. He says he's played 81 holes of golf here in the past week. Just practice, prep, getting ready for this thing. I don't know that there's a secret formula. If there was, Tiger would have passed it on to him. Jack would have passed it on to him. He's got some pretty big-time confidence uh, and, and mentors that want him to go out there and, and finally win this thing. I hate to say inevitable because if we were doing this podcast uh, 30 years ago, we would have said a Greg Norman victory is inevitable. At some point, we would have said an Ernie Els victory is inevitable. I'd like to think that Rory McIlroy has the absolute perfect skill set to go win this golf tournament at some point. And I'd also like to think that the weather forecast, which is calling for rain, it's going to be a soggy soft long golf course at least over the weekend plays right into rory's hands but it's a lot to ask for i mean this is a guy who he understands the significance the historical significance of what would take place if he was to win this golf tournament it's been nine years since he won a major championship there's just there, there's a lot of stuff pushing against rory and i think every year that he doesn't win this one it becomes a little bit more pressure internally and externally as well. What about the the Americans, the Ryder Cup type guys who haven't won this tournament? So excluding Jordan, 
JT, Xander, Finau, Cantlay, Colin. Is there a name of that kind of group, the like 18 to 28 to 1? Uh, you know, some of the younger guys, Cam Young, now Homa's coming on. Is there a name there that sticks out to you? Uh, you know, for me, it's Xander. Uh, you know, now he's kind of a trendy pick, it seems like, but you look his success here, just the way he just looked a couple weeks ago. I had someone tell me who was around him, like he was pretty dialed. This is kind of his time of year. Uh, but again, they, he's pretty trendy, but I, I think of that group, that's who I'm going to go with. But I mean, you could pull out any of those other names and I could believe you. Uh, yeah, exactly. And that's the bigger point here is that, I mean, I'm doing my, I'm working on my ranking right now. Should be out later today on the action network where I rank the entire 88 man field. I've been doing this for like 20 years. It's so difficult this year to the point where and I actually wrote this in the intro, I need 10 players in my top five. I need 20 in my top 10. I need 40 in my top 20. It's like there's double the amount of players who need to fit into those spots. And so no matter what you do, I'm working on the list, and Cam Young is going to be like 20th on my list. I'm like, he's really, really good. He probably shouldn't be 20th. And then I start looking at the 19 guys ahead of him. I'm like, well, I can't move him. Well, he, this guy, he should be even higher than he is. I mean, I... JT is probably too low on my list. Anyway, Patrick Cantlay of, of all those players, the player that I'm looking at, it, you know, and nothing against Sanders Shoffley or JT or Homer or anybody else. They're all fantastic players. They all have a chance, but Patrick Cantlay's numbers have been through the roof this year. And at some point you get rewarded for that. Um, you know, I've explained it to you this way, John, in the past that I look at it sometimes like a baseball pitcher. They call it positive regression which is sort of like an oxymoronic statement, like a jumbo shrimp. But positive regression is sort of the betting industry term for, like, say, a pitcher who's got a 240 ERA, but he's 7-12 and 12 on the year. You know, At some point, you keep pitching well, the wins are going to come because, you know, the performance is there, and you just haven't quite gotten the results. And Cantley is one of those guys. Tony Finau is another one of those guys that I look at and I say, Performance-wise, they've been great this year. The average fan, the casual fan, probably hasn't heard their names very much because they haven't been in serious contention to go win a golf tournament. But because the numbers are there, because the performances are there, I, those are guys that I really like, not only this week, but moving forward. Two older guys that I'm going to have exposure to. I already do have a big bed placed on Jason Day. There's some concern a couple of weeks ago. It was a vertigo, allergies. And, and then I, I saw you mention this guy's name who's really turned his season around, Justin Rose, from being a first-round leader, but a guy who's had success here. Uh, you also talked about, I think I saw you tweeting about the long odds guys. Jason Day's not anymore, but Justin Rose, guys, it's like 60 to 1 higher. That's happened like one time, right. even in that range. And it was Hideki. It's usually guys on average, what, like 28 to 1 and, and better. Uh, what was Tiger the year he won it? Fifty to one or forty-five to one? Yeah, about and that. that's more name right. than anything. Yep, right. So, uh, how about those two guys for uh, being longer odds with a lot of ex positive experience here? Look, if we're tracking, I guess uh, my brain is a stock market, and you know all the different players are stocks going up and down throughout the day. Jason Day's got a red line that's going down. It doesn't mean I don't like him. It just means I probably like him a little bit less than I did a week ago, two weeks ago. Look. It was vertigo between us. He had vertigo in that match against Scotty Scheffler. Didn't want to use it as an excuse. Uh, just said, hey, it was allergies. He was going to take some allergy medication. So I think some of the wires were crossed between the communications. 
on the TV broadcast, but he had vertigo. Uh, there's a little trepidation from me in playing a guy that has had that going on. Uh, secondly, doesn't have a great record here. He's had a few good starts here, good results, but uh, he's also had some times where he's playing the best golf of his life and didn't play very well. And the third part about this is just the number itself next to his name. Jason Day at 22 to 1. This guy hasn't won in almost five full years. I mean, you're you're expecting him to go out and win at 22 to 1. I know you like him. I know he's been playing well. I know there are people out there that say, oh, well, I got a ticket on him at 150 to 1 four months ago. If you did, congratulations. Don't rip up the ticket. I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just saying, for me, he's too short right now. Justin Rose, a guy that I do like. I do think he's playing some good golf. He's had more rounds leading this golf tournament than any other player in the history of mass of the masters who hasn't won it wow. i believe it's eight career rounds four of those have come after the first round on thursday if you're looking for a first round leader bet i know we always like sort of kid about charlie hoffman who's not in the field this week but we always go charlie hoffman third day at augusta he shoots 64 he does it every time the reality is that justin rose is that guy now we don't quite make as much fun of him because he doesn't shoot 78 the next day and miss the cut or come close to missing cut and finish in 58th place. Justin Rose had some good results, but he is a Thursday superstar. He might be the epitome of a Thursday superstar at this golf tournament. He's a guy that I will at least have an investment on for a first round leader play. Well, Sobel, enjoy the week. Uh, it's always cool that that scene on Sunday. We think you never know weather could make things really weird, really fast. Mm -hmm. Get a new green jacket, uh, but you never know. Could have a you know repeat winner. There's a lot of former champions in this. Maybe Larry Mize last. Uh, is it his last or is it was it another Sandy guy's Lyle. last uh, Masters? Sandy Lyle. So uh, adios, Sandy. Yep. Uh, you had a good run, and um, and yeah, enjoy the week. I will try my best to enjoy it. Yeah, some other good bets out there. Look, we didn't mention the name Sunjay M. I like him. Shane Lowry, third place last year. Uh, I'll have a little bit of Shane Lowry's, like a sort of outside long shot at about 60 to 1. Remember the name, John, Gordon Sargent. You can pick him up for low amateur at about plus 210 right now. Uh, that's a smash play for me this week. I think that kid uh, makes the cut, maybe even makes a little noise on the leaderboard at some point early in the tournament. So. Gordon Sargent, one of the best names out there. You can't forget that name. That's awesome. I remember, was it the year Tiger won that because uh, the low am always goes in with the champion? It was Victor Hovland yep. sitting in there with him. Yep. That's, that turned out to be uh, pretty good. So yeah, I always like that at low am in that in the uh, in Butler cabin with Nance in the winter. That's always cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and a very predictable play, I think, for some of the better <laughs> you're paying attention out there to who these amateurs are. Okay, let's dive into a little thing we call the Go Low Mailbag. The way you get in is you go to the Instagram account, at GoLowPod, at GoLowPod, and you fire in those DMs, like Hunter did. Hunter, hey John, might recognize my name from the three and out feed. Not only do I love football, but I've been playing golf since I was six. Either way, I'm gearing up for a dream golf weekend with the old man. We somehow lucked our way into the Masters tickets, for Sunday's round. Then Monday morning, we are playing TPC Sawgrass. The gravity is not lost on me. Holy moly, buddy. What a weekend. Since this would be my first and possibly only major I attend in my life, I was wondering if you have any advice on how to watch. Should we post up on a prestigious hole like 12 
then follow the final group into 18. Should we get there early and nab a spot on 18? Should I just follow Tiger if he makes the cut? What is your take? Now, I've been to the U.S. Open. I've never been to Augusta. So it's hard for me to give you advice on Augusta. I'm probably the wrong guy to ask. If if you told me I couldn't ask for advice and had to attack it, how would you attack it? I think I might hit up 16 if it's Sunday. Because if you can put yourself at 16 to watch them tee off on the par 3, but also see the green on 15, that's probably what I would attempt to do, if that is possible. I do think just being at the green on 16 would be pretty unreal, because you basically catch the you know everyone coming down the home stretch. Obviously, that shot, they usually do that funnel pin on 16. Could be wrong. I, you probably couldn't go wrong with 12. Uh, I'm trying to think, 11, you know, 13. I guess you can't get that close to the green, huh? Yeah, I, I would probably do 16. That, that, that would be my guess. Now, if you wanted to get really kind of crazy, what if you just went to 18? What if you just went to 18, sat there all day, and just watched the guy win the Masters? Because if you go on 16 or 12, and even if you start following the last group, you're never going to get a good spot on 18. So what if you just went, whenever you got there, posted up at 18 and tried to get a relatively good seat? Sat there all day long. Watched everyone finish at 18. Watched Tiger finish. Watched all the live guys finish. Watched the winner. That actually might be the move. Go to 18. Heard you hadn't been to Augusta, and I'm on my way in a couple hours. How about I send you a shirt? (laughs) Appreciate the content and just want to show some love. How about one of your lady too? I'm about to drop a couple grand in the store and would love to send you something. I listen to every episode and love the content. It's the least I can do. Shoot me sizes and preferred address and you got it. If so, hit me up the morning because after my phone is going to be gone for two days. They don't mess around. Well, bro, I, I can't take a shirt from you. Even though it looks like you know you're clearly doing pretty good if you're spending a couple grand, but yeah, man, I what a what a special experience for all you guys going. Every single person, every you know fan that is gone, every media member that goes, every player that goes, you know, people that don't play golf won't get this. They talk about it like a religious experience. They they really do, right? Like if you don't like football. It doesn't matter if I take you to Alabama versus LSU on a Saturday night. You're gonna you're gonna be blown away by the intensity of it all. You don't need to like golf to walk on the on the property and be blown away, right? You just don't. And, and there's there's a small percentage of events in this country that I think uh, I I would say transcend whatever the you know sports right. And I, Augusta is definitely one of them. Heard you talking about bones and got me thinking. As a newcomer to golf, what is the significance of a caddy? What's their on-field relationship with their player? Is it like a quarterback coach in the NFL? You know, I, I think depending on the player you talk to, the relationship is different. I think some guys really rely on their caddy. Other guys are kind of hard on them and don't really need that much beside the bare-bones stuff. 
But I do think the majority of younger players uh, rely on the guy more than just carrying his bag up and down the holes, right? Whether it's positive reinforcement, whether it's experience on tough courses, where to hit it, where not to hit it. Uh, I think definitely a guy that helps your mood because as a golfer, just think about it, whether you're a 10 handicap or whether you're Scotty Scheffler, you're going to hit a bad shot. And I don't care who you are, it makes you mad. And I I think a huge thing a good coach does, just like a good caddy does, is kind of gets them kind of wired back just in a positive frame of mind, especially in these big tournaments, whether it's the players, whether it's waste management, let alone the majors. So I've always believed the caddies play a pretty big role. Now, some would call me kind of a mental midget on the golf course. Like, I I can unravel fast. So I, I think... I think it's so separate from, or it's so, you differentiate it from every player, right? Just like in coaching. Some coaches probably have a more active role on game day and other guys just let the guy cook. Like look at Andy Reid. When, you know, some of those clips that went viral during the playoffs when Mahomes got hurt, right? He's really more like, they cook Monday through Saturday. And then he lets Mahomes cook on Sunday. Right. Obviously, he's calling the plays or whatever, but he's not talking him through every single play, the footwork, arm angles. Same with Kerr and Steph Curry. But you do have to kind of rein them in before the game. And I think every player is a little bit different. I would, I know personally, I would rely on my caddy a lot. Whenever you see the blowups, I mean, some guys are just kind of dicks. Would love to get your take. My picks are Rory, Homa, Rose, and Hoagie. Love both shows, man. Keep grinding. I think to sprinkle a little on Rose, honestly, if you just got $25, to put it on Rose at like 55 to 1 is not crazy. I, I love a good long shot where you don't have to put that much money down. Now, you know, would I put $100 on Rose to win 5500 You would love the payout, but is the likelihood he's going to win? He has played well here. You hear the stats? He has led at this tournament. Sobel talked about it more times than any player in the history of this tournament that hasn't won. He's led after Thursday or Friday several times in his career. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like sprinkling that. To me, Rory or Rom, man. Rory or Rom. If you're going to place a real bet, I, I think Rory or Rom, you cannot go wrong with it. It's kind of like playing the horses, you know? Ride a big-time horse. Like, if you're going to bet on someone to win the Super Bowl next year, how are you not going to pick the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Niners or the Eagles, <laughs> right? If you took two of those four this offseason, going into the season, you're going to feel pretty good about it. Like, who are you going to bet on to win the NBA championship? Well, I, I'd bet on, like, the Bucks, the Warriors, you know, or, I, you know, I don't know. Might <laughs> just pick those two teams. Maybe the Celtics. Sometimes we overthink it, and I do as a golf gambler. Issue with Homa hasn't had that much success here. Kind of new to the major game. I do think it's his time you know where I love Homa? PGA Championship, U.S. Open. I think you're going to look up when Homa's career ends and he's going to have like two majors and it's going to be like two U.S. Opens starting this year. Already have a wager on him. So I, I don't know if Augusta yet is his cup of tea. Love Zalatoris this week. It's just a comment. I'll end on this. He makes me a little nervous. He has not been the same since he got hurt last year and he missed the President's Cup. Obviously, when Willie Z was healthy, he was a mother in these majors. Every single major, like, God, I wish I would have taken Willie Zalatoris. 
and he ends up losing, but he it feels like I just off the top of my head, I feel like in the last two years, he's been in three final groups in majors in his career. In in the last eight majors. My, could be wrong. It, it might be just one, but it feels like three out of the last eight. And he easily could have won several of them. But right now with the back injury, the putting, I, I'm I'm off Willie Z. I love Willie Z. Hopefully he gets healthy, comes storming back. This week, hard pass. Have a good week. Enjoy Augusta. Talk soon. Let's go. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.